You're, you already know what's going on. It's Shayla, the girl, your girl. And if you are under the sound of my voice, you are tuning in for the big thanks, okay? A very thankful episode of the Cheers podcast. And I don't know about you good people, but I myself personally am about to put my neck back in all 10 of these toes into enjoying these few couple days I have off. So without any further need of delay, grab a glass, pop a squat, and get comfortable. Because your Thanksgiving's gonna get a little tipsier. Cheers, ho. Let me give you this thing we want I could be your girl, sugar dumpling. Good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time of day it is that you are listening to this. And thank you with my whole chest for tuning into an episode of the Cheers podcast. Um, Thank you for taking the time. I'm so grateful that you took the time and decided, you know what? Sure to be talking a little bit too much, but I'm going to tune in because I kind of fuck what she be saying. That's real. That's real as shit of you. And I appreciate you. If this is your first time tuning into the Cheers podcast, I really appreciate you for taking a chance and being like, what's she talking about? You know what I'm saying? I appreciate you. I appreciate you. And that's what this is going to be about. You see, it's going to be about me expressing my thanks and appreciation. And I just want to say before we get any further, I would like to appreciate this drink because y'all, I'm all ready on my way to a distant place, but I'm going to try to keep it local for the the purposes of this recording. I'm going to try to keep it local, but you should know first and foremost, before we get any further, I'm fucking lit. Anyway, I hope that your Thanksgiving is going well. I hope that your ball had an uncle and asking you when you're going to get a man. I hope that your auntie to have lipstick on her teeth and not talking too much shit. You know what I'm saying? I just hope that everyone is well. I hope that that everybody's able to parlay in the spirit of thanks and communion, even if you are just communing with yourself. You know, this is a very odd year, okay? 2020, 2020, hard as fuck. And you gotta call 2020 by her whole name. You feel me? You can't just say two zeros. No, 2020. Call that bitch by her name. Call that bitch by her name because she showed up, called me by my name every time she wanted to fuck me up. I felt like everything was a personal attack. Like, hey, Shayola, come here. Let me fuck you up. One time for the one time. And that's just how I feel like, you know, my year went. My 2020 started in 2019, honestly. But that's neither here nor there. What is here, though? What is here and there? is this niggalation. We need to get into this niggalation so that we can get into the door. And you already know it's me at the door. So I don't even know why I am putting in these little segments and shit. It's probably because I just want to hear the music between the shit. But you know what? What the fuck ever? On today, we take 
our good word from the good chapter of the good book, okay? Chapter number 77, verse 7. Peace is more profitable. Mm. Mm. Peace is more profitable. I would just like everybody to turn their attention to the dictionary definition of the word profitable. Profitable, adjective, of a business or activity yielding profit or financial gain. Number two, beneficial, semicolon, useful. Peace is a cornerstone component to life. As somebody who be grasping for every little last piece of peace I can get, I will tell you. It's like peace is like a fucking currency. Literally, the more peace you have, the more you can get, okay? Peace surpasses all other things you could possibly possess. And that's just a hard fucking factual. You can do whatever it is that you want to do. You can work as hard as you motherfucking want, okay? Down to the nail bed, to the goddamn bone. But guess what? Peace probably would have got you farther. You can do what you want as far as being... In a relationship with these hoes, I already tell you not to come, not to love them, but you can do what you want as far as being in a relationship with these hoes. But guess what? If they disturb in your peace, you're not reaping any benefits there, okay? All you're gaining is lessons. And I promise you, there are other places from whence you can grab a lesson. We all talk about securing the bag. And just wait till I get my bag right. I've been in my bag, but now I got the wallet to match. You can have whatever bag it is that you want to have. But if you don't have peace, it's going to be extremely fucking hard to attract any of the things it is that you want in life. It's going to make it 10 times harder. Being at peace gives you a certain rest in your soul that helps you to understand that you are right on time. I feel like being at peace is directly linked to knowing that you are right where you're supposed to be right on time. And when you achieve that understanding that you are where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there so you can relax, it frees up your mind to focus on things that will bring you more joy, more prosperity, more money, more fun, more love, more life, more peace. I'm just saying. It's a better choice than anything else you're going to do. Take it from a bitch that 
My body naturally runs away from peace. My body see peace. My eyes see peace and be like, ew, what's that? And get to run it. So take it from me. Peace is the secret sauce. It's the Krabby Patty formula. It's your money maker. Don't sleep on your fucking money maker. Amen. So we have niggulated. It is time for us to, me to, talk about my feelings and gratitude and appreciation and all of that good shit. So y'all just take a moment and listen to Olua Steflon talk to you about can letting you go and wow that was not good English the moral of the story is wait and then when I get back after the music we gonna dive in and get to talking the good shit period All right, all right, all right. Today, on the, mm, at the, mm, in the mobile stew, it's me. Because I already told you it was going to be me. So just a reminder, it's me. And I just want to talk about what I'm thankful for. Last Thanksgiving, I came down and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm recording an episode about all the things that I'm thankful for because it's the day of thanks. And so I'm just going to follow suit in the same thing that I did last year. But before I can go any further, I just feel like I have to take the time and say, fuck Christopher Columbus, fuck the Puritans, fuck the pilgrims, fuck all of them white people that came over here and took this good land from the indigenous people that were stewarding it for thousands of years before anybody even thought to whisper the name America, whatever that shit means. Listen, shout out to the motherfucking indigenous people. This is y'all's shit. This is literally y'all's shit and y'all are the shit and I just want to recognize you come on everybody recognize recognize open those eyes fabulous now before we move forward let's toast up this special selection today as I libate and niggulate about my feelings and thanks and gratitude I am sipping on something I like to call Holiday Island, and I basically derived this drink based on the conversation me and Mikhail had last week about the Big Ginge, and so I just kind of took that concept of it being like, mmm, Christmas in the Virgin Islands, and I just kind of flipped it on its head, so swish out the whiskey for cognac, because you already know how I'm coming, and then, you know, some other special and fun things that you'll find out about on Instagram within the next week and some change. So, we're well. It is well. It's so well. Um, clink, clink. I don't have anyone to cheers with. 
and I don't feel like picking up the bottle and doing the stuff. So, you know, cheers. This year has really, you know, it's who. Yeah, it's been one of mm-hmm, those. And I know that y'all know because y'all hear me every week come on this bitch and be like, I'm fighting for my life, everybody. And so I feel like I don't have to get into why I am so grateful to be here to even express my gratitude. Precious lamb. Last year, I was in this junk giving the thing. I was like, I don't look like what I've been through. Mm, this year, mm. <laughs> bruh, I look like I'm holding myself together with paper clips. So it is what it is. But let me get into this list. Um, before I get into number one, because this isn't number one, you already know who and what is number one. However, I must throw a 0.5 in there. So, point fifth. I'm so happy I made my flight, y'all, because I almost missed that bitch. I have never in my life been running physically to the gate before it closed. Y'all, I forgot Miko is security. Like, that's how, like anxious and scared I was to miss that flight literally running I got my bags and shit out of secure first of all I checked in and the and the sweet madam was like ma'am you have eight minutes until your flight I said the devil is alive put my bags up on here and let me go <laughs> I got through security that's the quickest I've ever got through security on a holiday okay what I was getting my stuff from the rack. I got, or not the rack, from the conveyor belt. I put everything back together, laptop back together. Y'all know I got two laptops because I got to work and to work. Like, what? I grabbed all my shit. I started kicking it to the gate. About 60 seconds. I'm like, I feel lighter. Something's not right. Nigga, I left Miko at the damn security. I had to run back to the security. I got back there before I even turned the corner. I heard this nigga before I saw him crying woefully, woefully. Like I was a hot fucking mess and I was late too. Like it was just, I, well, obviously I was late, but like it's, it was a very raggedy situation, but I made my flight by the skin of my teeth, slept the whole way, okay? And my bags were here on time. You know, usually when you uh, come in that late, they'd be like, I don't know about you, sis. You might have to come back to the airport to get these because they're going to be on the next flight. But no, the God that I serve knows no bounds. All intrusive and all up and everywhere I am. And so I collected all of my things and my dog. And so I'm here. So point five, I'm very grateful that I made this flight uh, because if I didn't, I wouldn't even be here recording right now. And now to my official thanks. Let's give a round of applause for the real nigga that made it so that I could even make my flight. And his name is Jesus the Christ. His name is Jesus the Christ. When I tell you all that my spiritual muscles have been torn, ripped apart, and put back together again, bigger and better, repeatedly throughout this year, I have never experienced 
the goodness of God like I have experienced it in 2020. Like this year was full of the most challenges, but it was also filled with the most grace and mercy and protection I feel like I've ever experienced and held in my body. I am well. My family is well in a time where people are dropping like flies. And I know that's a very crass way to say it, but that's just the fact of the matter. You watching the news, it's nearing 300,000 people dead. And in all of those 300,000, I am not counted amongst that number. My parents, my siblings, my friends, cousins, nobody is counted amongst that number that I know personally. And that is a privilege. It is a privilege and a grace, first and foremost, just for life. But then it's not even like I'm just alive. Like God is keeping me. People lost their jobs. I still have mine. Even though I don't like it, I still have mine. People are in situations in which they are stuck and have nowhere to turn to. I have several sources that I can turn to. I have my parents, again, siblings, like all those people that I just named that I'm grateful that they're well. I have so many sources and places in which I can seek help and upliftment when I need it. People don't have that. You know what I'm saying? That not about people, but you when you see other things, it just makes you look at what you have differently. God has really like kissed up on my ear this year and dropped some knowledge on me. They really have stressed the importance of an active relationship. And that is something that I learned this year is an active relationship where you are actively engaging in the word, not because you feel like you have to, but because you understand that it really is a lamp unto your feet. The active asking permission before I go somewhere or do anything to acknowledge that there is a being outside of me that has created me and order my steps and the real strength of my life is in releasing my my will, my plan, and all of my organization, which is limited because I am human being, extending myself t- toward, gosh, toward something bigger than me, that has more power than me, that loves me and wants me to do well. Y'all, I can't get into, I don't think I have enough time here to get into the ways in which my relationship has transformed. It's so active. It's so active. It's like God is one of my best niggas. It's like he's my best friend. (laughs) He's like my dad best friend, mentor, like bosom. I have, I have never experienced being or feeling this close and just constantly in the presence of God. And it's not even like, oh, I've just become more holy. It's just the recognition that they're there. 
the recognition that they're there, the recognition that it doesn't matter, even if I don't say it aloud, they still see me. They're still here. So I might as well just live in my truth and accept the grace and mercy that comes along with the fact that they just love me because they put me here. Ew, so liberating, everyone. The liberation, it knows no bounds. So thank you, God. And thank you, Jesus. And thank you to all of the Orishas, all 401 of y'all. I give the utmost thanks. The next thing I want to be grateful for is one of the greatest gifts that I feel like God has given me in easily over the last two years. And that is the great stallion, Megan, Javon, Ruth, Pete. I'm trying not to get emotional. Megan the stallion is probably the best thing that has happened for my self-esteem. I can't even express since when, which is why I love her so deeply. Megan is just a representation of everything I hold near and dear in my life. Knowledge, wordplay, bad bitchery, and just real shit. Like, Megan is just real as shit. I love Megan like I love my best friend. You understand? I feel like Megan is my best friend. I feel like I'm her best friend. She just doesn't know it yet. And I really wish that she received more love and appreciation, the love and appreciation that she deserves. I'm so grateful for her life because I live with the simple understanding every day that we could have lost her this year. We really could have lost her this year. And through all of that nonsense, the attack on her life, the repeated attack on her life by you bum, dirty, draw, shitty ass hoes on the internet talking about her like she didn't almost lose her life. And she handles all of it with more grace than you all deserve. More grace than you all deserve. I really would. I feel like Megan's shooter should have pulled up on all of y'all houses, found your IP addresses, and been running through your whole thing like the Tomb Raider. Because she's just, she doesn't deserve any of the bullshit that y'all give her. She deserves nothing but flowers, respect, reverence, and care. Megan the Stallion is a precious gem for which we should all be grateful. She done plucked all of us hoes out from the thumb of these whack-ass Deontay-ass niggas and, and put us on a pedestal from which we can command the elements under our voices under this ass, like she's really empowered me and the rest of you hoes to understand. We hold the power in our palms. We are in charge. 
Nothing can happen without my say so. Like you listen to Meg's music and it just puts you in your bag because you understand this bitch saying some real shit. Damn, I want some hair, but I chose the dough instead. I could never, ever, ever let a nigga fuck me out my brain. What a platitude. What a platitude. What, like, do you understand what kind of lesson that is for your life when you take her lyrics into your heart and in your chest and apply them to your life? How can you listen to Pimpin' and then turn around and let a nigga treat you anyhow? You can't do it because once you've been endowed with the good word, with the scripture that is Megan the Stallion's discography, you look at life different. You think differently. You can't go about your life the way you did before you heard her because you have garnered, you have gained a new perspective that lets you know where you are and what you are, what you have to offer. Really? What you have to give? Really? Man, listen. Y'all better give it up for my great stallion and y'all better put some respect on her name and her life because she's only coming harder in 2021, okay? Meg and I, Aquarius babies, we are turning 26 at the top of the year and I already know that it's only getting more intense from here. So thank you, Great Stallion, for your life, for your perseverance, for these words, for that ass, for the strength, for the wisdom, and the real nigga activity that oozes from your being. Thank you so much. Thank you. And everyone say thank you to Meg. Okay. The next thing I'm grateful for is the deeper understanding of relationship dynamics. I went through a lot of relational shifts this year. I lost one. I've, I've lost a few relationships this year. I've definitely lost some friends and loved ones, not to, you know, like, life like that in a vitality sense but just in terms of relationships that no longer exist for me some beneficial some lessons right I've really learned what I need in relationship and not just romantically but like romantically from my family from my friends I've learned and am still learning because that's a part of the learning is understanding that it'll never be done I'm learning about what I need in order to feel cared for and productive in a relationship. I'm learning the things that I need to make clear and communicate that I otherwise would have either said nobody cares or I would have said it's not important, I can get by without it, or in reality, if I'm not getting what I want, I can just flounce this relationship and go. And that's not really the vibes. It's not. You don't want to be in a situation where it's like, oh, I don't have the communication skills to work this out. So I'm going to just make it bounce like Spalding. And for so long, I thought of my approach to being able to just leave somebody where they stand 
if they if I feel like they fucked me over or if I feel like I'm being taken advantage of or if I feel like I misunderstood I really celebrated myself like oh it's cool I could just leave it there and do 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 and I can go about my life because I'm straight that's lack of communication. That's not to be celebrated. And I really learned this year the importance of communication, but I also learned the importance of communicating the right things to the right people and at the right time. And I've learned this again, like I've said, mostly not even from the gaining of relationships, but from the loss of relationships from this year. This little panorama a situation has really shown the full picture. I can't give anybody more than I have. I can't expect anything more from anybody than what they want to give to me. And everybody is entitled to their feelings. Everybody is entitled to their space and who they want in it or out of it. And the standards of friendship and communication that I hold are not the same. And of course, everybody doesn't have to be the same, but there does have to be a respect there for those differences in the way we view relationship. If there cannot be a compromise of respect for the way we embrace each other and the way we communicate, then there should not be a relationship. And being able to look at it and be like, wow, this had a good run and I loved and appreciated when we had this and did this, but this no longer serves me and giving it to the game or being given to the game and having to come to these terms on your own while you're wondering why that relationship failed. It, it's, it's a very raw process. It's a very, you know, showing all like, like, like a scab, like a scrape, like it's showing like down to the white meat process, <laughs> but it's, it's a strengthening one. And no matter what it is that I go through as far as my relationships, whether that is, you know, the good times, challenges, or the loss of whole relationships, being able to come out on the other side with understanding and not just heartbreak and pain, it's such a privilege. And I'm so grateful for that. Now, going Along with the topic of relationships, there's a specific relationship for which I am extremely grateful. I'm grateful for all of my relationships and all of my friends. And I'm not going to list all y'all out because I'm going to forget somebody and get in trouble. But there is one person that I must recognize and must give the utmost thanks and appreciation for being the paper clips that hold my tattered life together and that is OG Bree G. I cannot begin to express the sisterhood and love that she extends to me in the limited amount of time. Me and OG Bree G, we've known each other for just like a year and a half. Like that's it. Like a year and a half. But she is 
one of my biggest supporters, champions, my my manager, my handler, my image consultant, my springboard, my fo- like my my one woman focus group like and and that's just on like the business end of things. On the personal side of things, she has held me in her arms as I have cried woefully about things that I didn't even think I could express out loud or share with other human beings. She fellowships with me. She celebrates me. She prioritizes me and my needs. Even her mother, even her family treats me with love and respect like I'm one of them, like I'm blood. And the amount, like I can't even truly get into the things that she has said to me, done for me, the things and people that she's brought into my circle and awareness for me to be able to function on this level in which I can. Like, you have to understand, this is somebody who actively sees those around her and without really thinking about it, instinctively uplifts you and puts you on a pedestal and reminds you that you are chosen. And she herself is just a beacon of excellence, an example of divine bad bitchery. She's so smart and strategic and just the plug. She's creative and just carries a wealth of prosperity in herself. Like she's walking prosperity and y'all know how I feel about prosperity. So my big sister, OG Breegy, the one that picks me up and slaps me on my ass and tells me to keep going. Thank you so much for everything you have done for me for my businesses, for this very podcast. Y'all who y'all will never know the things that OG Breegy has done, but she knows and I know, and I love you so much, sis, and thank you for everything. The next thing that I want to express gratitude for is the creation of book gang, gang, gang. This book gang definitely turned the latter half of my year around. Like the first part of the year, you know, it was here and there. It was touch and it was go and it was up and it was down. But book gang and starting book gang and having this group of women that I read with, that we sit and read the words of black women and sip the good grape and just reap these life lessons and take it into ourselves. It's really been transformative. It has, first of all, I have read more books in the latter half of this year than I read all together 
in the first part of the year. And I read even more books than the selections just off the strength of getting back into reading, having accountability partners for my reading has really sparked like the activity in my mind. Like I, I'm reminded that I need, like literature is one of the breads of which my life personally is sustained. Like if I am a plant, reading is the water. It is the element that sparks my process of feeding myself and growing. Y'all know my motto. You can't lead if you don't read, period. And the fact that I've been able to read these good books, and y'all have such great book suggestions as well. The conversations that I have with you all in the middle of the selection when we're checking in, talking about where we're at and how we feel about certain points in the book, concepts in the book, characters in the book, if it's fictional, just, mm, it's goodness. Reading is timeless goodness. And that's why when you write in your essays, for those of the girls that are still in school, whenever you're referring to a book, you write in the present tense. You don't write in the past tense. You don't say, Toni Morrison did. You say Toni Morrison does because even though our legend has passed on, her words are here and current and relevant to us today. And I love literature. I'm grateful for words. I'm grateful for books. That's why I be having so much to say because I just take so much stuff in. And I'm grateful for everyone that signs up, that receives a pacing guide, that participates in the conversation and just contributes to this ecosystem of growth, development, all surrounding the absorption of the words of black women, black people, but black women chiefly. Amen. The next thing that I want to talk about, (laughs) the next thing that I want to talk about is the acquisition of my sweet babe, Fanny Phantom. Let me tell you all the story. In September 2019, I was at school. My then nigga had my car for the day. And I was just at school waiting on my Friday afternoon, like, bet, I didn't, let me just get these little grades together, whatever I got to get, and then baby going to come pick me up, and we going to go. And I get a call saying that the car will not start, that the car is just sitting on the side of the road. I'm like, what? What do you mean? What are you talking about? And literally, from that day forth, my car has not run. My car was not running. My car, that car is still sitting outside of my apartment complex, just kicking it like karate because it has not started 
from then. And I went months without a car because I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't afford it. The teacher's salary of pillow pets, it wouldn't allow me to pay my bills and do everything and handle the things that I needed to handle while also getting this car. That's why I'm telling y'all, my 2020 started in 2019 with the loss of my vehicle. And I spent from that period of time until this period of time where I got my new car, depending on people, being humble, and sometimes you're just straight up going without because it's like, listen, I don't have it, so I can't go get it, so I just guess I'm not going to have. Like, that was such a humbling experience going without a car in a city in which you need a car to get around. Like, you could take the bus in Las Vegas, but it's not, it's not, it's not honest transportation. It's not good transportation. Like somewhere that it takes you 10 minutes to get to in real life, it will real life take you two and a half hours to get to that point. This experience brought me the utmost humility, the utmost humility, because one, I don't have to have a car. (laughs) Like that car that I was driving was the same car that my dad gave me when I was in college, right? I never had a car, no. I was just like, yep, I got me a car. It was a little bit of an older car, but I loved her. She was clean. She moved. She she made it happen. Towards the end, she just couldn't, you know what I'm saying? The age, it started getting to her. It started getting to her. She couldn't handle it anymore. Her brakes was creaking like elderly kneecaps. It was it was an all-around bad experience. And then she just, the lights went out one day, and that was curtains for baby girl. I went seven-ish, more like eight months without a vehicle, stacking the bread, working hard for myself to have the things that I, like that was one of my first And I mean, not one of my first, but I think my most pivotal lesson in which it's like, you don't have to have shit unless you go get it. And I really had to sit down, humble myself. The pandemic helped because I wasn't outside spending money. I wasn't spending money on Uber to get around either. I just really got this one out of the mud, like on some real stay low and build. And when I could go and pick up my new baby, my Fanny Phantom, a car from actually this decade. Well, last year would have been this decade, but a recent car, you know, that still is under like warranty that I can go to the service department of the dealership and they'll fix it. Like that accomplishment showed me that I am capable. And she's a very nice baby, very beautiful. It's she you know her color is Phantom Black. That's how she got her name, Fanny Phantom. And I'm not going to get into the specs of telling y'all what all is popping with my car cuz I don't want anybody to run up on me and take my stuff. But I am so grateful for my whipski, my sweet baby that I purchased with my hard dollars and I'm still giving the bank.
my hard dollars every month so that I could keep her. Whew. But yes, Fanny, my bitch. And again, thank you, God, because I wouldn't have any of these things without you. Okay, just had to. Okay, next thing that I'm grateful for self motherfucking awareness brought to you by reality checks and perspective shifts. 2020 was supposed to be the year of clear vision and yes, I perfect prescription. I'm going to see through everything clearly. I literally feel like last year on the Thanksgiving episode, I was like, yeah, 2020 is the year of clear vision. It's gonna And literally it started off a trash can fire and erupted to like a global forest fire that we cannot put out. However, in the face of all of that, I have become more aware of myself, how I move throughout this world, how I treat others, the treatment I accept from others, that has all come into focus much sharper because of these circumstances that I am in, because of the things that I'm going through, because of the reality checks that I receive at every corner by the simple fact of just coming into more knowledge by the advent of something happening to me like 2020 hurling a bowling ball at my head and having to duck very quickly and be reoriented with what's going on around me for me to no longer have access to something and you know have to reorient the way that I see things and the way that I act and self-awareness, you have to be grateful for it because everybody doesn't have it and you see people that don't have it. And I'm guilty of not having self-awareness sometimes, right? And that works in so many directions. That works in the ways of not knowing what I possess inside of me and what I'm capable of, but that also works in the sense of not knowing how much space I am taking up. There are times when I take up too much space and there are times when I don't take up enough. And if not for these reality checks, these things that occur that that put me back in alignment so that I can clearly see what is going on and how I'm supposed to move without those events, whether they are positive or negative, I can't learn. I can't learn without a good reality check. And a lot of the times, like even the phrase in itself, reality check, just bores negative connotation. Um, But I am learning through my perspective shifts, right? I'm not looking at it like this. I'm looking at it like this. I've learned to appreciate and welcome reality checks. Please put me in the direct path of what the truth is so that I can make proper decisions, so that I can make decisions that will allow me to flourish and help me to prosper the people around me. When you're not operating in self-awareness because you refuse to see things for what they are, because you refuse to look at something in a different way that might be, that probably is more healthy and more fruitful, you're not functioning 
at your highest capacity. You're not. Attune yourself to the shit that is actually happening right here in front of your face, in your life, with those that you love and even those that you don't see it for because this is an this is an ecosystem. We all have our ashe, but it's one ashe and we are all connected whether we want to acknowledge it or not. Your self-awareness can save yours and or somebody else's life. Open yourself to seeing things that you would otherwise close out so that you can truly see where you stand. Now I want to give thanks for some things that are under construction, you know, giving the worship in advance on the front end to manifest it coming out on the back end. And number one, I'm grateful for patience. I don't have any, but I am thankful that I've realized it is a necessary skill in order to get to where I'm trying to go in life. So I'm thankful for that revelation and I'm thankful that I am learning to practice patience. Um, Again, those reality checks, a lot of those things are me being hit with situations in which the regular, regular degla shay shay wants to pop off and be angry and slap somebody in the mouth, even if it's minuscule. I'm now able to pause and think about what I look like and what this looks like. That image, that perspective is being replaced with an understanding that there is a way to direct my energy. It's about the time of something, but also the weight that you give it in that time. And being able to massage that into something that is even an nth more patient than I used to be, I'm grateful for that growth. Because if I'm heading in that direction, that means that if I just stay facing that direction and moving forward, I'm little by little and hopefully big steps by big steps getting towards the amount of patience that is necessary for me to give the appropriate grace to people that deserve it and even sometimes don't deserve it, but you know, whatever. And speaking of grace, I'd also like to throw in there, I'm thankful in advance for my under construction strength to forgive. I've really been struggling with this whole idea of forgiveness and learning this year that I have not forgiven a damn thing probably in my life because for not in my life, let me not exaggerate here on today, but things that I counted as forgiveness in one season of my life, I've come to learn that it was not forgiveness at all. Let me tell you something. I am a good pusher to the backer. 
I am a great pusher to the backer. I will push that shit so far back that I will forget it happened, right? But forgetting is not forgiving. Those things that I felt like I forgave were really just sitting on the bottom of me, triggering attitudes and behaviors that I could not explain but felt justified in. And that's because I have not practiced forgiveness unbeknownst to me and that person, I'm holding them accountable or to a standard for something they did to me when I was 15. That's not healthy. And so I've really been sitting with what forgiveness is. And you know, people always say forgiveness isn't for the other person, it's for you. But that is so cliche until you genuinely look inside yourself and decide my Peace is greater than my pride. My peace is greater than this grudge. My peace is greater than my need to feel like I wasn't fucked over or whatever, right? And I am praying that my awareness for the fact that I need to do better with forgiveness translates into me being better about forgiving those around me because I have been extended an incredible amount of grace and forgiveness first and foremost by the creator, second and second most my entire ecosystem, my friends, my family, I be fucking up, y'all. I don't even be meaning to, but like I be fucking up. And I don't even be realizing sometimes how much I be fucking up because my family or friends are prepared to extend me grace. They don't have to think about extending me grace. It just flows from who they are. And I want to make sure that I'm extending that same grace and forgiveness to my friends and family, and again, to those that don't deserve it. Because even if, and this is hard for me to say, even if you don't deserve my grace or forgiveness, I don't always deserve grace and forgiveness. And I can think right now and count on my fingers and toes how many times I've been given grace or forgiveness in a situation where I did not deserve it. In the spiritual realm, everything you need, you give. So when I need grace and forgiveness that I don't deserve, I have to understand that I cannot be a recipient of anything I have not given. Right, I can get it, but I won't truly receive it until I've given it to someone else. And yeah, Um, and the last thing that I want to thank God in advance for is the stretching of my bands. I want, I want money. I want, I want zeros and commas in my bank account. And I feel like that's okay to say. I don't think that's a materialistic thing, especially the reasons why I know I want money for. Yes, I want nice things, but also I want to be able to do nice things for those around me and people that I don't know. I just want wealth so that I can be used. And not like that sounds really bad, but like not not you. Like I don't want people to use me. I want God to use me to bless 
others. And so I just in advance thank every fiber of this universe that it's on the way. <laughs> the money is on the way. Like I've stopped saying like, okay, I'm not broke. The money's just not there yet. It's not in my bank account yet. And I just am thankful in advance for the zeros and the commas and the big, big, bigly bills that will flood my bank account as soon as God is ready to release it to me. And I'm ready. Hello, Jesus. I'm ready. I'm ready whenever you are. But just gratefulness in advance for what I don't yet have, but what I know belongs to me. And lastly, I want to be thankful overall in the past, present, and future tense for you. Thank you for listening to this. Thank you for, as I say every time at the beginning of the show, for thinking that my words are so relevant, funny, comforting, whatever. You put value in listening to what I had to say. And I'm really grateful for that. I'm super grateful for that. You could be doing anything with your time, but you find my platform fruitful, intriguing, something as to where these words that come out of my mouth and the mouths of my amazing guests and friends, you put stock in it. I thank you for that. I truly do. There is no Cheers podcast without you. I could sit here and talk till I'm blue in the face, but if somebody done listen to it, listen, if a podcast drop in the middle of the internet and nobody is around to press play, did it happen? Did it? Uh, I'll let y'all decide that. But Thank you so much. Thank you for having listened. Thank you for listening. Thank you that you're going to listen to future episodes. And thank you that you're going to continue to share this podcast, um, rate and subscribe to this podcast. Um, And just thank you for being a drinking buddy. Thank you for being in my niggardly family. Thank you for tolerating my sentences that never finish because I'm always drinking when I'm having, when I'm talking. But yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope that your perspective is allowing you to be thankful for whatever it is that you are experiencing right now, whatever grace and gifts from God that you're experiencing right now. I hope that you have the proper heart posture, home frequency, and just the right circumstances to be able to see your life and be thankful. So yeah, that was great. That's beautiful. Let's wrap that up real nice and tight, pretty with a bow and give the gift of thanks and gratitude to everyone that we encounter today. Yes. Amen.
Now, before I send you on your merry way to socially distancely eat your turkey and things of that nature, I got to drop you off with a drunk tale and then I want to read an excerpt of Children of Blood and Bone before we get out of here because the book gang episode is going to be the next episode and that's in about two weeks. So you still have two weeks left to read the book if you haven't read the book, if you haven't got down with the gang yet. So yeah, let's do that. I would like you all to join me in my time machine and go back to last year's Thanksgiving. Last year when I was doing the episode, I gave a story of four years previously when it was at my cousin's house. And then I was like, oh yeah, and it's in my cousin's house again. Guess what? The foolishment ensued again. <laughs> because I don't know what it is about being at her house. I don't know. Maybe it's just a certain kind of freedom that allows the bullshit to flow, to flow and fry. F- f- wow. To flow and fly freely. There it is. Ooh. So um, before I get into that, I would just like to say that I'm very grateful for the individual that this story surrounds, which is my son, my one and only begotten child, Miko the Kitty Pup, Meekford Million the fucking goat. Last year, we're at my cousin's house. I showed up late because, you know, that's who I am. I showed up late um, and so I pull up with my pup. And I tried to, you know, take him downstairs to the basement with me. There was somebody there who didn't like dogs. I don't understand you people who don't like dogs. And I mean, you can not like dogs if you want to, but Miko's not a dog. Miko is a little boy with fur that doesn't know how to speak English. Okay, he's not violent in any way, shape, or form. He just wants to wants you to hold his paw. Very gentle. However, everybody's not comfortable boo. So I had to leave Miko upstairs with my mom while I went downstairs and communed with my cousins. The thing is, mom wasn't watching Miko. Mom let Miko do anything. So it's like, yeah, go roam free. Go roam the upstairs. That's fine. Miko can't be put in situations where he's overwhelmed or stressed and I am not there. It's a recipe for disaster, failure, nonsense. And so that's what happened. He was in a high stress environment because it was like 30, 40 people in there and he could not see me. So while this is all happening, I'm being a bad doc mom. I made sure he had a little turkey bone. I went downstairs, start turning up. You know what I'm saying? The cognac was here. So I'm doing that. My cousin had this tincture and I dropped some of that tincture and before long it was dropping me. You already know how my Thanksgiving tales are. They're not all the time drunk tales. They're usually closet. My peoples didn't know I was high as a kite tails. <laughs> and so that's what happened. We downstairs, we laughing. <laughs> my cousin goes upstairs. Shout out, shout out, I love you. She comes back down. She's like, yeah, we have a problem. Miko had took a stress shit in the middle of her carpet, like right in the middle of the hallway. To make matters worse, not only did that happen, she stepped in it. My cousin stepped in it and dragged it. (laughs) 
okay across like from her room like it's just a trail of shit under her shoes from the hallway from the hallway to leading to the basement stairs and i'm stressed because i'm like oh i'm too fucked up for this and now i have to clean this without anybody seeing because if they see that miko is shit everybody's gonna talk about me and they're gonna talk about him and i don't want that so i'm like fuck how are we gonna do i literally between me and my cousin we're like okay what cleaner are we gonna use what did we were so fried trying to clean up this shit and everybody kept like we tried to keep it under wraps and everybody pulled up and found out at some point like i remember um we're over here and we're, like we're just laughing trying to hold ourselves together while we cleaning it up our one cousin comes over here and said hey, hey, what's going on here what's going on what are y'all doing and why does it smell like cleaning products <laughs> And I'm geeked. I'm trying not to double over and fall into this shit stain while trying to clean up this shit stain and keep it a secret. By the end of the night, everybody was like, oh, yeah, so Miko shit it. I'm like, dang. Like. And they did talk about me and they did talk about him. But, you know, all's well that ends well, I guess. Right. He he did. But, yeah, that was my little Thanksgiving kite tail. I wish you all many drunken kite tales tonight. So in order for us to get to that, let's get to this excerpt so that we can all go forth in happiness and love and thanks together. <clears throat> this is from chapter nine, and it just covers a portion of the text in which something is revived that they thought was long dead. <clears throat> Before the raid, Mama Agba continues, I felt the magic sucked out of the air. I tried to conjure a vision of what would come, but when I needed it most, I couldn't see. She winces as if reliving the pain of that day all over again. I can only imagine what horrible images play inside her mind. Mama shuffles over to the netted windows and pulls the sheet closed. She stares at her weathered hands, wrinkled from years as a seamstress. Orumila. She whispers, invoking the god of time. Bamisoro, Bamisoro. What is she doing? Amari steps back as if Mama Agba's words could cut her. But hearing true Yoruba for the first time in over a decade makes it too overwhelming for me to answer. Since the raid, all I've heard are the harsh stops and guttural sounds of Orishan, the tongue we are forced to speak. It's been so long since I heard an incantation, too long since the language of my people didn't only exist in my memories. Orumila, I translate as Mama Agba chants, speak to me, speak to me. She's calling on her God, I explain to Amari. She's trying to do magic. Though the answer comes with ease, even I can't believe what I'm seeing. Mama Agba chants with a blind faith patient and trusting, just as those who follow the God of time are meant to be. She calls on Orumila for guidance. A pang of longing stirs in my heart. No matter how much I've wanted to, I've never had faith to call on Oya like that. Is it safe? Amari presses against the Ahere wall when veins bulge against Mama Agba's throat. It's a part of the process, I nod, the cost of using our Ashe. 
To cast magic, we must use the language of the gods to harness and mold the ashe in our blood. For a practice seer, this incantation would be easy. But with so many years out of practice, this incantation is probably drawing on all the ashe Mama Agba has. Ashe builds like another muscle in our bodies. The more we use, the easier it is to harness and the stronger our magic becomes. Orumila Bamisoro Orumila Bamisoro Her breath turns more ragged with every word. The wrinkles across her face stretch tight with strain. Harnessing Ashe takes a physical toll. If she tries to harness too much, she could kill herself. Orumila Mama Agba's voice grows stronger. A silver light begins to swell inside her hands. Orumila Bamisoro Orumila Bamisoro The cosmos explode between Mama Agba's hands with so much force that Amari and I are knocked to the ground. Amari screams, but my shout vanishes under the lump in my throat. The blue and purples of the night sky twinkle between Mama Agba's palms. My heart seizes at the beautiful sight. It's back. Mm, yes, God, a good word. And like I said, that's from chapter nine. Um, it's towards the beginning of the book. There are 80 chapters, but don't be alarmed. The chapters are like five or six pages and they go in between perspectives. That's why there's so many. But that scene was so powerful and so pivotal. And it was before the other scene that I was telling Achi that I liked a whole lot where Zeli's dad response to everything that's going on but that is the moment in which magic re-enters their world right and it's through the reaching back to where they come from in having faith that their magic is valid and present and moving through them and you really have to read the scene in context with the book to really gain the the oomph, like the ah the the ashe if you will to really get a hold of the ashe um this is definitely one of the best books i've read this year i was so happy i chose it and i'm so happy that we read it over the last two months and i really need y'all to tap in so that you can be a part of this conversation that we're having in the next two weeks and yeah, that's it, y'all. That's all I got today. So much thanks. Um, you know, a good laugh and some literature. That's, you know, that's that's what I'm about. So I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I hope that you are well. I hope that you are minding your business. I hope that you are saying stay shit. Say huh. I hope that you are staying safe and staying clean and I hope that you are well and happy eating good food and you are able to see all of the magic around you that you should be extending gramercy towards Mm, there it is all right now gonna get up out of here cheers to you cheers to me cheers to life and cheers to these hoes we can't love them we can't cuff them but we sure can pour up with them happy thanksgiving hoes
Bending over anytime and anywhere. 